All right, it's about time for the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Momentarily, thank you for being here. Share the show with your friends as we warm up the crowd and ourselves. And that is by going to robertscottbell.com slash listen or many media sites, offsite, uh, wherever you are. But the chat room is there. Love to see what's going on. You've got questions or comments. Go ahead and submit them. Uh, we have uh, an amazing new oath from medical school that we're going to cover today. University of Minnesota has modified the Hippocratic Oath. Not that they pay attention to that one, but let's see what they have to say on that. Also, uh, the this is almost I don't know if this is probably not the poll question of the day from Super Don, but if you see people wearing masks, what does that tell you right now? You know, just like in their car or wherever about their behavior. What does it tell you about who and what they are and their willingness to submit? To authoritarian rule. I'll let you stew on that till we get there. And question of the day from a medical doctor today. That's going to be interesting. We don't get that every day. That's kind of cool. So stand by for that and a whole lot more. The Robert Scabell show is about to begin. Share the show. RobertScabell.com slash listen. Get the email that is super Don awesomeness. The newsletter by texting my initials RSB to 22828. And we'll be right back with the beginning of the show now. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, we're back. It's time for another edition of the Sacred Fire of Liberty. We're uh, awaiting Jonathan Emord. I, I, he's doing so much media now since he started the Exploratory Committee to run for the United States Senate out of Virginia. If you haven't checked that out, Emord for VA.com. Emord for Virginia. Emord, F O R, VA.com. Check that out. It's linked up in the show notes, as always, here at RobertScottBell.com. Uh, crank it out another, uh, let's say, uh, diatribe for health, freedom, and healing liberty. We got a lot to cover on the air. Let me see what the show, the, what does the show note say? Because Super Don is so amazing. He's up so up on everything. Um, the FDA slow walking. So, oh, yeah, gosh darn. You know, I, I, I long for one day, maybe this is probably for y'all say it's a pipe dream, where we no longer have to reference the FDA because they've been abolished. Abolished. Yes. Abolish the FDA. When you look at what we have witnessed in the last two and a half or three years, which only is a short burst encapsulation of what preceded it by almost a hundred years back when Harvey Wiley established in the early 20th century, the pure food uh, and drug act, basically to, to keep food pure in America so that you couldn't adulterate it. You couldn't rip out all the things that made it viable and vital. And yet what the FDA has done since the passing of Harvey Wiley is convert, you know, the FDA from something that would actually look out for the American people to make sure there were pure, pure foods and safe, whatever medicines it's become the de facto, if we call it regulator, regulating out of existence for the American people, pure whole unadulterated foods and safe drugs. I mean, basically what we have is the fear and death administration, making sure you have access to a monopoly of chemicals that they approve that are then patented and sold at tremendous markups to manage symptoms 
that are not caused by a lack of those substances approved by the FDA, but to manage symptoms that are caused primarily by a lack of pure food. The very thing that was the mission supposedly Harvey Wiley set up for the FDA. And, and I, how many of you have seen various videos documentaries that have been put out there. You know, we, we had a uh, documentarian filmmaker with her, um, uh, Jennifer Sharp with her, uh, movie called anecdotals. That's one. I just witnessed another one was called safe and effective. It's out of England. And there are so many numerous documentaries that have been produced in the last couple of years because of the adverse impact of the COVID jabs, the MRNA injections. Yet very few, if any of them, and I, and I don't mean this as a slight to the documentarians or the documentaries themselves, it, everybody's got an angle and a perspective on how they want to do it. I'm just going to say it, that they're not really focused on remedies. And I understand why, because that would be maybe too controversial, because it would bring up the fact that the remedies are not in medicine. They're not in the FDA-approved processes that result in toxic poisons that harm us and do not help us. In fact, they are ushering in our demise faster than they are having, uh, well, the capacity to restore integrity to the health and the metabolism of every cell in our body. The, let's say the one I just watched uh, last night, I think it was, was about safe and effective or something out of England. They're looking for, we need to get more care for the people who have been harmed by these jabs. And while I don't disagree with that, I, I think that's a good thing. Of course, it's looking to the same organizations, medical or otherwise, NHS in, in the case of England, for those of you listening on, on UK Health Radio, these are the same organizations that promote a monopoly of the practice of medicine over all other forms of medicine that are not offered by NHS or Health Canada, whatever their version of the socialized system is, or even the semi-free market that's not really a free market in America where the things that are covered are not the things that are actually good for you. That's why I've said the most dangerous thing you can have in America is really good medical insurance. And yet they've socialized and fully institutionalized that in systems like, you know, the NHS in England. So they look to the same organizations that have promoted a dangerous and deadly injection to save the people who have been harmed by those dangerous and deadly injections. Does anybody find that to be I don't know, uh, lack of a better word, problematic a little bit. Like, let's go to the same organizations that created the problem to solve the problem, to help us get out of this mess. That seems a bit dangerous, maybe absurd. Dare I say stupid? I don't mean to be insulting. But where is the message that we need to separate medicine from state? We need a separation of medicine and state so that innovation can come back online. Remember, it's the state sanctioning of a monopoly that has led us down the not primrose path, but the pharmaceutical path to deadly and dangerous interventions for the prevention of so-called disease or its reversal. The monopoly has resulted in millions of un untimely deaths. And we're going to go to that same it's a group of people or organizations or governmental institutions to help us out of the mess that they actively promoted. 
mandated and actively suppressed anything that would be innovative in terms of a genuine prevention and or response that could help people and heal them, that would not injure them or harm them. Speaking of that, when we talk about the Hippocratic Oath, first, do no harm. Uh, Super Don, uh, you open up your, your mic. I, I don't know where Jonathan is, and I can't, unless you get on the on the horn here and talk to folks, I can't really focus on texting him, which I could do if you're on with me chatting about things. Then you could, you could see if I should do that. You mean <clears throat> create a distraction so you can text? Yeah, create a distraction so I can text Jonathan Emord. Say, hey, what's okay. up, Jonathan? Hey. <laughs> well, um, I, you know, honestly, the, f- the first thing that comes to mind, we were, we've been talking about this this morning. Uh, you know, last few days we've been talking about uh, this new piece of equipment from the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, people have responded. And so I w- want to give a shout out to uh, our buddy, Melanie, uh, oh. who this morning uh, was the first to contribute mm-hmm. towards the let's get Robert an upgraded audio board for the studio fund. So we can go out and do a remote and not be crackly and, cr- and in studio and too. Stuff. And in yeah. studio. I mean, this is going to make a huge difference on, on what it is you're able to do in the studio. So, Oh yeah. You um, said that we could even take phone calls. That's crazy. And you'd be able to take phone calls. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, there's a process you have to go through in order to make that happen. But yeah. uh, that, and, and just, you're going to have bells and whistles. I, it, it's just, I, I envy you. It's going to be <laughs> cool. You need it. You know, you need it more than I do at this point. Well, I would like to see get two boards, but I, uh, yeah. we'll start with one right we'll, we'll start with one absolutely so i want to thank melanie for being the first and i so i decided you know because i i believe we got an email from dan mm-hmm. who is uh was asking about how to do it and another one from nancy mm-hmm. that was asking how they could uh contribute and so i i'm going to do an updated thing here this one of those fundraiser thermometer thingies you know yes um and so that that's where we're at right now is wow uh, we're already 15 percent of the way there that's right. That's right. That's so, <laughs> so cool. Every time that we get a uh, you know a donation, yeah, uh, towards this, then I'll update the uh, the little thermometer thing. Okay. And um, if you're wondering how you can donate as well, there's a couple ways you can do it. Uh, you can click on the donate button on the website, or if you're interested, you don't want to do that. You want to write a send a check. Just send me an email. Super Donald um, coordinated. Okay. I'll coordinate that thing or if you just, it up. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited. You, people, people are are uh, are jumping in there. So. Well, they like us. They really like us. And uh I, I have to acknowledge our buddy, you know the guy that we were confused by. Is it Griffin? Is it Murdoch? Who is this guy? Yeah. And he's the health coach, graduate of Trinity School of Natural Health. And he just wrote such a nice message, it almost brought tears to my eyes. I'm like, Whoa, he gives us so much crap, but you know, as I said in the AMA the other day, he can dish it out, but he can also take it, which we love. And it's so much humor that he brings. He's usually in the chat room. I even looked in the chat room today to see if, if anybody's there, much less him. You know, I'll, I'll take a look, but Murdoch just put such a nice note about you and me, super D. I was like embarrassed almost just like, yeah, it was early that. this morning. It was yeah. like just, just a little bit before I got up this morning and I get on Facebook and I saw that. So very cool. Yeah, just, yeah. So thank you. Gosh, darn it. You like us. You really like us. We like you too. So thank you for being here. All right. So uh, let's see. Let me go. Do you, should we want to hit the first story real quick? It just kind of lent itself to what I opened with and talking about 
going to the same groups of, of people or, or organizations that created the problem to solve the problem. I'm just thinking that's it's a very short sighted approach, but it's the it's always it's always the approach. I mean, let's who is it out there? And maybe somebody, you know, knows a group or organization or individual that has said, you know what, we got to stop looking to the federal government to solve the problems that the federal government creates. How about that? Much less even the state government, because they're all bought out. The judges, everybody by the pharmaceutical church. They're all card carrying members of a dangerous death cult known as the medical monopoly. And so the latest article here about the FDA that's here to protect you and me, right? They're only here to protect us. Apparently, slow walk studies on COVID jab safety signals in the elderly, I would say in, in all age groups. But they took more than a year to follow up on a potential increase in serious adverse events in elderly people who received Pfizer's COVID-19 jab, according to an investigative report published Tuesday by the British Medical Journal just this week. According to the BMJ, in July 2021, the FDA quietly disclosed the findings of a potential increase in four types of serious adverse events in old people who had received that, that COVID jab, the Pfizer one, acute myocardial infarction, that's a heart attack, disseminated intravascular coagulation, blood, 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 immune thrombocytopenia, again, another blood disorder, and a pulmonary embolism, all of these you know, uh, vascular events. You know, and we've been talking about the ways to remedy them from the beginning, trying to strategize what could be done here. One of the things, of course, uh, I've talked about copper. We don't have a lot of dietary copper, and a lot of it was wiped out prior to these jabs by those that were taking a lot of zinc and vitamin C. And even if they weren't, if they weren't eating liver once a week from grass-fed animals, they weren't getting a lot of dietary copper to begin with because it's been wiped out of the soils, almost 80% reduced from uh, 70, 80 years ago, more than any other mineral. You know, as I, again, remind you about the, the sovereign copper, if you're not taking this, at least a tablespoon a day, this is a safe way to get copper in you, bioactive copper, to help facilitate normalization of blood oxygen carrying capacity of the iron in the blood, for instance, among other pathways that are critical, like what? Mitochondrial production of ATP. You could have a heart attack if the uh, cells are starved and they can't produce the energy. That's tissue death, cell death. And copper plays a role there. Cardio miracle plays a role in optimizing and normalizing and protecting you from some of this damage that has occurred to the vascular system. There are a number of things that you can strategically do. We've talked homeopathy, but none of these things are endorsed or embraced by the fear and death administration, the FDA that has slow walk studies, acknowledging danger in the elderly, much less other groups that are getting these COVID jabs or boosters. In fact, it's the opposite rather than promoting something that actually would be helpful and not harmful. Think about first do no harm medical people. They actively suppress or attempt to suppress any knowledge of options other than, you know, the jabs or remdesivir or Paxlovid, dangerous, deadly medicines and in, in, in mRNA injections. And then we're going to go, hey, FDA, you need to you need to be promoting good stuff. It's like, no, they're not designed to. They're a captured agency. You're not going to be able to uncapture them. The only thing you could do is disband them and dismantle them. And just short of that, for the people to say anything the FDA says to do, I'm going to do the opposite. Because I want to live. But I, I come back to this moment of awakening and awareness. If it's here yet, I don't think it is because I've not seen anybody calling for a separation of medicine and state other than me. Now I'm not so delusional that I'm the only guy that, that has figured this out. 
But I'm, la- I'm asking Superdon, maybe, do we know of another broadcast medium in, in the, uh, what we would call it, the, the podcast realm or whatever realm this new media is? Are you aware of any that have called for a separation of medicine and state that the only way through this is to just disband, disable, disrupt, completely dismantle the FDA? Look, the, the NIA too big to fail. Yeah, too big to fail. Yeah. Right. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the arguments, right? It's just like, oh, you can't function that way. It's just uh, it would be too much. Listen, there's too much death happening because of the existence of the FDA before COVID. Well, you know what? I know who someone, John Rappaport. He's been with me on this journey. He's been doing it longer than I have. One of the few people. John Rappaport, no more fake news.com. And he's got a sub stack that's just kicking aspirin and taking names and what he does. He recognizes the fallacy. He doesn't fall prey to too big to fail nonsense that says, oh, well, that's just too much. That's unreasonable. You're not being reasonable, Robert. No. Who's being reasonable when they think they can go to the FDA to correct the errors of the FDA or the purposeful, intentional promotion of things that are killing people? Again, be- remember this before COVID, Super Don. How many times in the years we've been together that I've been pointing out between 106,000 to 784,000 Americans die every year due to FDA-approved pharmaceutical drugs, medicines, treatments, interventions? There's no proof of that. Except for the Journal of the American Medical Association, the New England Journal of Medicine, the the Lancet, and many others, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't count. Weak studies. Yeah. Never been refuted. Never been refuted studies. Because they don't want to touch them, they're too devastating. Well, here's what's listen. Here's here's the deal with with this with this particular situation here that the defender is talking about with the uh, the elderly. You know, we saw this happening in real time. Yeah, early on when we we reported on it, uh, that you know, I mean, you had all these these stories, and again, you know, it's like ah. Uh, it's anecdotal. I'm sorry, that's anecdotal. We don't have any proof of that there's any cause and effect, you know, of, of the vaccine and, and that it's related to the death. It's like, shut up. It defies logic that when you have people walking in, getting the shot, walking out, falling dead, you know, I mean, it's just like, how many times does that happen before you go, well, maybe this anecdotal evidence might be something we should be looking at here, right? So, okay, you know, it's going. like, to me, it's just when, when they say here that it, it's been over a year since they started looking into this and they still haven't come up with anything on that. It seems pretty obvious that, 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 you know, something's not right. I mean, if you look at the fact that the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, we got approved in like four months by the FDA, Right. It was a, the fastest FDA approval ever, the COVID vaccine. They approved it in four months. Boom. No problem here. We see everything looks good. We're going to go ahead and approve it. Emergency use authorization. But we're going to approve it uh, for people to, to, to start getting. And you're telling me that in a year, they can't take a look. They don't have enough smart people at the FDA to be able to look at the numbers mm-hmm. and determine whether there is some kind of a connection or a pattern mm-hmm. that would show that these elderly people were, were, I mean, even acknowledge the possibility, please. You don't yeah. have to say, yes, we know for sure. Just acknowledge, hey, look, could very well be likely that okay. these old people that are falling over dead after getting the vaccine, it was caused by the vaccine. 
Yeah. Now you you referenced something called smart people. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, come on, people that crunch numbers. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, the, it, I, people can I'm do not, that. No, know? I'm not disputing the statement. Honestly, I'm just saying. All right. So if we acknowledge that these are not dumb people, there, it's not like they can't figure it out. What does it tell you? They are paid very well to not see certain well, things. And, and in the, the case point of, I was making, yeah. you know, the fact that they can approve the COVID vaccine in four months. Yeah. Fastest approval ever mm-hmm. by anything, by the FDA. Four months. Boom. Yeah. Hey, yeah, vaccine's good. Looks like it's good. Let's give it to everybody. But mm-hmm. they can't over a year later, they can't take a look at the numbers and crunch the numbers enough to determine that there might be a pattern that there mm-hmm. might be a, a relationship between the old people falling over dead and the fact that they got the vaccine 15 minutes before that? Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, again, it tells you the corruption within the agency and agencies. They're not interested in finding out that, which we know you have to beg, steal, borrow, cajole, force, sue, Freedom of Information Act request to get this information out there. So what good is an FDA that you have to fight tooth and nail to reveal the things that is a readily obvious to anybody who's not on the payroll. Is my argument strengthened or weakened to abolish the FDA? To have a separation of medicine and state. Is it time to go big and or go home? In other words, it's like how many ways you can argue it's tinker around the edges. Like Rochelle Walensky says, Oh, just send us some more money. We know the culture has been bad. We'll correct it. We'll do better. More, and we'll hire a new budget. face, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hire somebody. They're going to fix all the problems. Yeah. By the way, I just talked to Jonathan Emord while you were doing your thing, and thank you for covering for me. Uh, he's on the road. He's on. He's heading back to his studio, but it might not be till the second hour of the show. So if we want, we can sort of reverse engineer while we're live on the air and cover some hour two stories and bring him on in hour two and, and save some of his stuff for our, you know, hour two. He's just out. I think, I don't know if it's campaigning, but he has so many meetings and he couldn't get back in time and yeah. where he was had no cell service. So he, he, he tried to leave us messages and he couldn't even get through. Okay. Yeah. We can, we can do whatever we want to. Yay. So what do you think of my idea? I mean, do you think I, it's just ridiculous of me to even, yeah, but you think it's just ri- ridiculous of me to promote this idea of separation of medicine and state? Um, no, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think that it, it would be a hard, it would be a hard sell mm-hmm. on the people that would be able to affect that change. Yeah. Because what does it all come down to? Okay. Money. Look, I, right. I have a, a right. there's, a, there's a, um, a comment. I don't know if you see in the, I think someone's watching on Facebook, Katie and, uh, Berga. Let me see if I can get it up on the screen it's a long one. Yes. It's a little too long for the screen. Yeah. So uh, it says to answer Robert Chabell's question, Daniel Horowitz of the conservative review podcast has been calling for these drugs to be pulled from the market for quite some time. And he's mad as heck at all of his counterparts and colleagues, as well as all politicians. So let's get him on the show. I don't, I, I mean, he's not calling for the abolition of the FDA, but I'd still talk no, to DJ Kitty. She's she's oh, using okay. an alternative. Uh, yeah, means I get this of, long name yeah. that just like is confusing to me. I apologize, <laughs> Katie. Uh, but yes, so Daniel Horowitz has some some sympathies to what we're desca- describing, but maybe not. I would argue go far enough, but I'd be willing to engage in discussion or 
go on his show, uh, DJ Kate, if you got some sway there to talk to him about the next level of correction, which is not pull the drugs after everybody dies. It's to stop the agency that puts these things out in the first place. That's another reason why we need Jonathan E. Mort in the United States Senate. He would actually speak to these issues. I don't even think Rand Paul speaks to these issues. And, you know, I'm not dissing on Rand Paul. I'm just, he doesn't. I don't know why. I, I don't have a, a hotline to him. He's been on the show once or twice. But, you know, these are questions of, is it too much to do? People can't handle it. I mean, his dad, Ron Paul, regularly argued that we needed to dismantle these things. We need more of that. Otherwise, his, we're, you his know, dad wanted to throwing it to pretty much abolish everything. It was kind of fun. Well, anything that wasn't uh, supported by the Constitution, yeah. I mean, if if you're telling me we can't do it because it's too big, no. like, all right, then that's the too big to fail mantra. There and were five, it, remember? Yeah. It was five. Ron Paul said there were right. five agencies that he was going to get rid of as soon as he became president. Because who was it from Texas that couldn't name one? Uh, it was the governor of Texas right, at the time. time. I can't remember his name. Um, right. But it was funny. They were in the debate, and he remembered one, and he couldn't remember the... He was saying three, yeah. and Ron Paul said, no, it's five. Oh, it's five. five. Oh, yeah. five. Yeah, and Ron Paul came in with that. Yeah. I'm just trying but to anyway, put perspective on this. That a separation of, of, uh, of, of medicine um, and state. Yeah, I like that. I mean, the idea is great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, though, it's like, how do you count it? it they are so, it's kind of like, you know, like, like <laughs> they're grafted together, you know, mm-hmm. at this point yeah. in the way that the government is set up right now. Yeah. Um, that I don't know that you can. You can surgically remove one without killing the other, you know. Yeah, kind of like uh, surgery. Well, at what point? Let's let's just talk about uh, let's say conservatives that oppose abortion, Christians or otherwise. You know, I've talked about the hypocrisy there when they're all for bombing innocents overseas and killing babies or people that are pregnant, right, with bombs, and that's okay. And, and, you know, that's not me picking on anybody. I'm just saying, look, I'd like to see consistency in, in, in perspectives. I think that's reasonable of me to ask or point out. But how about the, you know, the annual rate of death due to the very existence, the mere existence of the Fear and Death Administration, the FDA? How do you justify that? You know, if you really want to uh, protect the life. The existence of life. the FDA? Yeah, because if well, you look, want to protect okay, life go, and preserve life. Yeah, let's go back to, to the beginning of the FDA, right? Yeah, I mentioned that in the opening, Harvey Wiley, Pure Food so, Drug Act. You know, it was intentionally, it kind of reminds of that FDA team thing that I put together mm-hmm. where it talks about, you know, they're originally set up to protect the people, you know, uh, right from, from dangerous food and drugs, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, so over time, mm-hmm. it kind of got changed didn't it they kind of yeah. rewrote what the <laughs> what yeah. the the purpose of the organization of the uh agency was for mm-hmm. now it just protects basically big pharma is what it does mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they don't do some good stuff they do but it's tainted it's tainted by the bad stuff that they do yep. and they don't even hide it anymore you know that's the thing it was the one thing it's like they don't even it, it's so obvious it's in your face at this point, because you can you can pretty much find out, you know, you can follow the, the the bouncing ball on all these things, these approvals that they do and and everything, and so it's like you know, it's it's not even a mystery, but some people don't see it. Mm-hmm. You writing a letter? Yeah, I, I'm uh, actually responding to a tweet by uh, <laughs> uh, Michael. Tweet <Bolden>. break. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, let's just get that up there. So, um, yes, uh, the 10th Amendment Center, FDA shouldn't exist. The FDA shouldn't exist. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to overlook the 10th Amendment Center and Michael Bolden. I would never. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. So here's a here's a question. Okay, so let's say, and, and you know, this is the 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 thing that uh, people would ask Ron Paul back in the day when mm-hmm. you would say, "I'm going to get rid of the Department of Education. I'm going to get yeah. rid of the Department of Energy. I'm going to get rid of the." You know, um, so here here would be my question, Robert. Uh, yeah. If let's say they just said one day, all right, listen, guys, good idea. We were listening to Robert Scott Bell uh, over the weekend, and uh, we were going to take his advice. Uh, we're getting rid of the FDA. Poof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the FDA is gone. Yeah. Now what? What now, fills the vacuum? Well, the states uh, have a responsibility to protect, if you will. There's lawful constitutional level of state action to defend against fraud, deception, even, you know, even the federal statutes exist. Now let me stop you there. Somebody would say, okay, but so then what you're saying is that in one state you could have dangerous poisonous stuff. Mm -hmm. And then another state you wouldn't have, you know, so is that what you're saying? You're saying that, you know, as long as the state says it's okay to, to, to poison somebody because they approve something, then that's Mm -hmm. okay. Well, state level monopolies are certainly easier to push back on than federal, but your point of, of uh, federalism in this case is that abortion will be legal in some states, illegal in others. That's What's the way that it was to do set with up. The FDA? No, it's just the concept is is a principled concept. Okay. It's not it's All right, not but necessarily I'm just saying, let's, let's, specifically let's, about the FDA. I get the analogy. The I totally get, get the analogy. Get, the the feds say, you get rid of, of the FDA. Get the feds out of this. They have established a monopoly at the federal level of the treatment and prevention of disease. And arguably more disease, more death because of it annually, because of that which they approve or mandate or suppress, you know, the information, much less the access to other substances that genuinely promote health, prevent disease or recover people from disease, if you will, infectious or otherwise. And I want that removed completely from the federal government's, uh, you know, authoritative approach to what? adopting a religion, a cult of pharmacia, basically. In a free market for medicine, pharmacia would probably exist in acute trauma injury care or maybe even uh, devastating infectious care when all other options did not work. But at this point, we don't even have the option to do those things that I found in my own family having to deal with infections in my kids from time to time as they've grown up. Never once have I had to resort to modern medicine or their FDA approved drugs, infectious controlling agents, as you call antibiotics. And this is not me calling for the abolition of antibiotics, but in a free market for innovation, you're more likely to have access to things that will work. Although arguably some would say, well, look at Mexico, you can go in and get an antibiotic over the counter. But this is not me speaking as a fan of antibiotics, just a fan of freedom and innovation. And if you had access to natural remedies, including homeopathy and silver and other things, and it worked, word would get out in a free market where they don't suppress communication. They don't censor you. And suddenly other people go, oh, that worked for you. It really works. Yeah, it works. And yet the government wouldn't dismiss or, uh, let's say, come in and raid and put you in prison and confiscate everything you got simply because you have something that competes with a pharmaceutical product. Now, if you put something on the market deceptively, fraudulently, those things would come out as well. And you go, well, what about the people that die on the way? Look, what about the people that have died by the millions every decade under the current system? And so your argument is that, 
well, some people might die. Like, I think a fraction of them compared to comparatively what we have today. Could it get much worse? You'd be hard pressed to argue that if three quarters of a million people in America die every year, and this is pre COVID dying of pharmaceutical monopolies and the medical licensed medical professionals that delivered them. So, and the med, as I've said many times over the years, med, uh, separation of medicine and state. I that is where say that in a while. That was, that yeah. was many years ago. Like, yeah. It was my you... derivation from, and the fed. And it's like, no one was talking about ending the med. That means end the medical monopoly. I mean, it's not one institution, but you can go FDA. You know, you can look at other institutions that are basically propagating the myth that medicine as it's approved by the FDA is the only legitimate form of treatment, prevention, cure, et cetera. So here's, 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 here's one more follow-up question to that. Okay. So, you know, I look at, at the FDA um, mm -hmm. and I look at, at, you know, cause listen, I see this stuff all the time. There's recalls, right. You know, where yeah. you'll have a company that will create a product mm -hmm. that they ship out to everybody nationally, yeah. right. All 50 States and somebody will ship something out. You know, it happens way too much than it should, mm -hmm. which makes you wonder again, what's going on here. But, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds of hamburger that has been recalled because it has E. coli in it, right? Mm -hmm. If it were something where you didn't have something on a national level that could intervene on that stuff and create a national recall, yeah, would that not potentially cause a problem if you left it up to just the states and you had to wait for each state to go, well, no, nobody's died here, so we're not going to worry about it type thing. Well, you know, you know the, your reference point, again, it brings up uh, arguments against it. I understand that concerns or fears of what would happen but at the state level this is where it's found how how do they find let's say contamination they find it at the local level where it occurs which is going to be right. in one of the states and there are state agencies that are perfectly capable and already do in many ways oversee things like that and the, the ability to communicate across state lines is not dependent upon one centralized federal bureaucracy right put the word out that oh my gosh do we've you got think, a contamination do you think issue. it would be less or more efficient in an emergency situation like that, if you had each state working independently versus something, somebody overseeing the situation from the, from the top. Yeah. I think, I think efficiency is always going to be enhanced by working locally and then working at a smaller basis. The ability to communicate now is not limited. It's not slow. It's not a telegraph. It's okay. instantaneous from state to state. Even one last devil's advocate for you here. Sure. How about if instead of having an FDA that is so top heavy right now and so yeah. corrupt, if there were something to come around that strictly followed the uh, the, the the original intent of the FDA when mm -hmm. it came out uh, rather than what it is, what it's become, would you be okay with that? Or still, would you think that it's not necessary? Repeat, repeat the statement. So I make sure I'm, I'm hearing every bit of yeah. it. Okay. The original FDA, what it was intended to be. Pure food if, and drug. If activity. that existed today, would you be okay with that? Mm. Yeah, it's right. It's a, it's a, it's a very interesting question that you pose because Harvey Wiley was a good guy. Mm. Everything I know about him in history and what he intended to do was to keep the food pure in America and uh, basically not allow adulterated toxic poisons being promoted as medicine, for instance, pure food and drug act, but it hasn't worked. Right. It didn't work very, very long at all because there's the regulatory capture is always when you have centralized bureaucracies, right, it's easy to take over. Imagine so. if you got a maverick in there, just said, look, you guys, you're out of here. You're done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
I believe that the FDA had a purpose that intended it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to put it in there, one that works and one yeah. that actually does what it's supposed to do. I, you know, look, I don't know. You'd call it cynicism. I think it's a pragmatic reality that every time you think you can rehabilitate or reorganize or restructure a centralized bureaucracy that has already been captured, it'll just get captured again. Yeah. And in freedom, we have the ability to move through this much more rapidly and, and call to the carpet, those who would poison or pollute, but only when we understand that property rights are the fundamental starting point, not the ending point or not the, the point to uh, diminish or eliminate that, that it stops when those companies or individuals that put things out that harm people are fully, fully uh, on the hook for their misdeeds, that they can't easily get away with it. Then suddenly it changes the equation. The likelihood of putting toxic poisons on the market becomes far, far less likely. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. Look, this is life. You can't protect everybody from everything. People are still going to get hurt and die. But the immediate ramifications of calling to the carpet those who are responsible is something we can't do now through the oligarchy. The FDA actively promotes and protects the central executive branch of the government, carrying all three branches in one now, the oligarchy, has absolved these companies that destroy, damage, injure, and kill from any liability. Therefore, there's no incentive to put out a product that either A, works, because look, the COVID jab didn't work, or that is safe. It's not safe. But what do they care? They were rushed into a wonderful marketplace of billions in profits to potentially trillions in profits through the oligarchy. And you can't argue that, oh, yeah, yeah, we can just, re- we can, let's just like Rochelle Walensky, if you believe her, just send us some more money. We'll do it better this time. We promise. Eliminate it and, and put property rights back into play. And in defense of those rights, you can go after those that you feel have violated you. But we don't have a government that is interested in protecting the rights of individuals. They are looking to run roughshod over your rights to bodily autonomy, to poison you by fiat, by force, by mandate. And that includes masking you, injecting you, drugging you, prohibiting you from knowing about alternatives, options that don't involve killing people, harming them or creating the very disease that they pretend to want to prevent. Michael Bolden's, uh, you see his comments in the chat room? See, Michael, why aren't you on the show right now? Again, I got this question. He's moved. What's his excuse? When are we going to see him on the Robert Scott Bell show? This is the kind of thing. I need some backup here. I can't do this all alone. I'm telling you. What does he say? One size fits all approaches only guarantee that no one gets what they want, that bad policies take forever to get rid of, if at all, and that everything is politicized and lobbied. Then he says decentralization and federalism doesn't guarantee the opposite, just gives it a fighting chance. Again, I'm not. Yeah, see, I'm not delusional. I don't say, oh, my gosh, the heavens are going to open up. If we got rid of the FDA, everything will be fine. No, there's a lot of nasty stuff going on. It's going to take a while to correct. But pretending that we can just tap dance around the edges or rearrange the deck chairs on the FDA Titanic, right, is it, come on. That is it's ludicrous and delusional to think that that's going to be really the thing that's going to help us. I would rather seek freedom than more tyranny as a solution to what ails us, because it is tyranny that brings all of this into play. And monopoly is tyranny as well. Not possible without government enforcement, if you will. 
A free market doesn't provide for monopoly unless the government provides for special protections and, and, and privileges above some over others. Have we long since passed the time where we need to experiment with centralizing these bureaucracies and empowering them with unlimited abilities to be judge, jury, and executioner to find out that that doesn't work, that we end up weaker, sicker, and dead, and in debt more? I think I'm the reasonable one here calling for an end to the FDA. I'm being reasonable. Those that are not, that are wanting to refund or fund more of it, or if you're at NHS going, hey, if we could just give more money to people that have been harmed. In other words, nobody's talking fundamentally or very few about dismantling the very institutions that guarantee the kind of disaster we've just seen. And we'll guarantee more of them if we are allowing them to continue. So what have we learned from COVID? Maybe nothing. If we are not calling for the abolition of things like the FDA and the CDC. On that note, yeah. On that note, let's get in the time machine. Can we do that? Okay. Can we can, right. can we climb into the time machine for just a moment? All right, I'll go with you. And let's go back to 2011, mm-hmm. and let's revisit what we were just talking about. By the way, it was Governor Rick Perry. Rick Perry, yes, right. In the presidential Perry, debate yeah. on stage, mm-hmm. having one of uh, many uh, brain farts that he. Rick Perry, the platypus. The I remember him. But the fact of the matter is, we better have a plan in place that Americans can get their hands around, and that's the reason my flat tax is the only one of all the folks, these good folks on the stage. It balances the budget in 2020. It does the things to the regulatory climate that has to happen, and I will tell you, it's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. (laughs) Oh, five. Okay. So commerce, education, and uh, the um, uh, uh, EPA. EPA. There you go. No, okay. Let's stop. Let's stop. Seriously? Um, Is EPA the one you were talking about? No, sir. No, sir. We were talking about the. Um, agencies of government. The EPA needs to be rebuilt. But There's you no can't, doubt about but you that. But you can't name the third one? The third agency of government. Yeah. I would I would do away with the education, uh, the uh, <laughs> commerce, and let's see. I can't. The third one, I can't. Sorry. Oh, good Lord. Oops. Oh, Ron Paul could have named them all. Yeah. That's a clap. Oh my and, and, gosh. And so once again, these are the best we have to offer. And that was a Republican thing. And, and you look, I acknowledge <laughs> that uh, at this point we would lean more that direction, even though I don't think the Republican party as a established institution is going to save us or any one person. I mean, yes, I would like to see Senator Jonathan Emore. Would I? Yeah, of course. Cause he's a guy that has principles. He can't be bought. That's a good thing. At the same time, I'm not delusional that one person, nor is he, could change it overnight, maybe ever. I don't know. So we, we, you know, the, the more we can dismantle that centralized bureaucracy, the, the 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 sooner we can enjoy the freedoms that our founders set up to establish in a government that was restricted and limited, as opposed to what we see now. But uh, that's what we're dealing with—a bunch of buffoons, mostly running for office. Oh man, mm. that was such a—that's uh, just so much fun. I remember. <laughs> I mean, that was just. Oh, mm-hmm. the memories of of that campaign and, and yeah. all the stuff that happened there. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss it. Yeah, well, that's understandable. I miss that. You know, I, do I sound old? You know, things were so much simpler back then. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of. Yeah. 
hey, I want to go to this. And again, the thought is we're going to get Emord on in the second hour for a time as he's heading, rushing back to his studio. This is from Forbes magazine. But it says people that are wearing masks are less likely to indulge in antisocial behavior. Let me translate that for you. People that are wearing masks are basically more willing to follow orders from psychopaths in government. How about that? That's what it means. Basically, as you you look down, this is out of China. I think they've they've established this according to recent studies. Well, go figure. Yeah. It was published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Social scientists found that in Chinese society, masks might function as a moral symbol and decrease the likelihood of an individual engaging in any form of deviant behavior. Now it sounds like deviant, right? But what do they define deviant as? If you love freedom, that's deviant behavior. If you're unwilling to follow every edict of the communist Chinese state, that's deviant. They analyzed, uh, let's see, what is it? Oh, here we go. Look, fraud or cheating for money and breaking, oh, traffic and parking rules. So in one of the 10 studies, they said uh, they closely scrutinized recordings taken by traffic cameras of an intersection. They repeatedly saw that mask wearers were less likely to run red lights as compared to their maskless counterparts. And, and based on that, of course, you know, my observation would be a little bit of a different conclusion. That you would now basically find the people that are willing to do as they're told, even as adult human beings. If authoritarians tell them what to do, if they're wearing masks, you got them already. The people that are still wearing masks, with rare exception, I, I guess if you can engage in conversations with people wearing masks in their cars, I don't know if you can get anything like a critical thinking you know, thought coming out of them. I don't know, but there are times where, you know, I've, uh, let's just put an example out there for someone wearing a mask saying, listen, I have an elderly parent at home that I'm caring for and I don't want to be exposed to on and on it goes. Right. And you go, all right, I understand your thinking. Now I might argue that a mask is not going to protect you or them, but okay. You, you say, all right, they're, they're trying to say reasonably what they're perceiving and believing. It's like, I try not to, you know, beat on people like that. I don't want to beat on anybody, but, uh, you know, be a compassionate in those cases, but there are others that you just like, you start engaging them in a conversation about the fallacy of a mask, even working, even though the scientific studies show that we're right and they're wrong. Uh, and then they go into cognitive dissonance and they don't want to hear it. They run the other way. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know you're, 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 you're offending me. You know, you should be banned for that. But the idea of wearing masks, again, if you choose to wear a mask, I mean, it's, it's a freedom choice. As long as it's your choice and you're not being forced to do it, like I, I'm not going to protest against you for wearing a mask. I might look at you funny in the car, but it's not an issue for me. I'm like, it's like, why would I care if that's what you're doing? I, I might try to tell you it's not healthy, but if you don't care, you don't care. It's a question of centralized bureaucracies telling us what to do and what not to do prohibitions and mandates prohibitions and mandates and that's pretty much as you realize the growth of government is all about that centralization of power control of you and me the elimination of freedom the very thing that we thought as americans we would embrace yet many young people don't want the freedom i come back to that devo song uh freedom of choice is what you got freedom from choice is what you want again in, in a communist society it's great because they tell you what to do when you can do it you know live as a servant to the state now many people in america are living that way 
And as we learn about, <laughs> this, look, check this next story out. This is out of the Daily Wire. Biden is now touting, check out the picture of this image too, of him getting the shot or his double. I don't know who's getting the shot, what's in it or anything. Biden is now touting grocery coupons for people who get jabbed again. Social engineering through destruction of the currency. That is, we will make you so poor that you can't afford groceries that if you want groceries, your behavior is going to have to change. Not only we, well, okay, the mass things passe, but hey, get the shot. We'll give you a coupon well, so you can afford think, your groceries. Think about it, Robert. Yeah. I mean, with inflation the way it is, mm -hmm. uh, with the food prices that they are right now, That's a $20 point. voucher just yeah. to get a COVID vaccine, man, that. That's well, pretty attractive. That's not really 20 bucks. What can that that's buy what it you? Says. Yeah. $20 vouchers for Americans who get another dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. But, but that's my point is like, how are they getting people to do what they don't want to do by starving them? If you make people hungry enough, they'll be doing things that are immoral and amoral. The things that happen in Venezuela, women selling their children, selling their bodies, eating their pets, your $20 voucher, they can get them taking COVID jabs until the cows come home. If the cows are even alive anymore, based on what your dependence and reliance on a centralized currency printed out of thin air or digitized into reality by a federal reserve system connected, not to the United States government directly other than the corporate government, but connected to the world bank and international monetary fund, a group of globalists that want to see the disintegration of all nation states under a world government. And Biden's just playing along. And anybody who, if they're Democrat or Republican, they're playing along. They're not, they're not friends of mine because they're working against the, my very freedom. This is why I say, if you wait for the Fed to be eliminated, if you wait for the Med to be eliminated, you'll be destitute and dead. As much as I call for a separation of medicine and state and the elimination of the Federal Reserve, as Braun Paul had talked about, do I wait for it to happen or do I begin to act and behave differently by utilizing things that they don't control? Oh, but Robert, they're, they're, they don't, they're, they're not giving you permission to do that. I was like, that's the point. Stop asking for permission where none is required. Where does it say in the constitution that you have to use federal reserve notes to make an earn a living to spend? Are you waiting for them to be so worthless that you can't even buy toilet paper? So you're going to use it as toilet paper. Are you waiting for FEMA to come deliver you food that you can't afford? Or have you been growing food and storing food and working next year or finding ways to grow food even in the winter? So that's my point is we can fight for and work for and, and, and strive towards certain things that some people say, well, that's pie in the sky territory. Mmm, pie. Or we can start acting now in, the, in addition to doing that and saying, you know what? I'm just going to live my life differently. I'm going to reduce my reliance on those institutions that would enslave me, capture and enslave me because I am not obligated to fund my own capture and enslavement. That's that's you want to talk about immoral and amoral right there. How, what are you going to do? Vote? Oh, man, I've just opened up a big can of worms. I know. They want you to eat the worms, too, by the way. Don't go fishing with them. Eat the worms and the bugs. Just not, I'm not playing along very well right now, Super D, with all the things that Biden wants me to do. I'm not going to get a jab for a COVID coupon for the, you know, the grocery store. <laughs>
But then you again, huh? no, I'm not planning mm. to be that hungry either. Doing, oh, doing my part to have some semblance of reserves in the case of orchestrated collapses and chain, supply chain difficulties. And although, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, the you best. You sound like a that. domestic terrorist. Yeah, I'm not the best at that. But I look at, uh, you know, what they're, what, they're, what they're driving us to do, what they're driving us to do. Look at this. A survey Breitbart has put out. Nearly one in five Americans skipped meals and didn't buy groceries due to high inflation. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So one in five, 20% of Americans have skipped meals or didn't buy groceries that they would have wanted to buy because they couldn't afford it. There it is. Now, weird, mean, nasty irony here is that most of those Americans, perhaps, that didn't buy a particular meal or skipped a meal are going to be healthier because they've done that. <laughs> are you saying uh, that the majority of Americans could probably afford to skip a meal? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and a number of them. Have you seen pictures? I've seen these on social media where they have like pictures of people on the beach in the 1970s. Yes. I've and seen you don't that. see any fat people, obese people. No. I'm not saying that there wasn't ever, you know, yeah. of course we know people have been, but generally people were fit and trim and, and that was even already the food had been corrupted in the 1970s, but you had a generation that ate food that was organic by definition. They didn't even have to qualify it before they started putting pesticides in everything, for instance. True. And you know what we've seen like in, in Cuba where they, you know, have that communist system and they, they don't have a lot of abundance and all this stuff yet. Not as much obesity either. Yeah. And that's well, not me arguing for communist uh, take, uh, government. Take, take so, the people right. in Ethiopia, for example. Right? Oh, yeah. You want to do that, are you? You going to do that? Go to no? Ethiopia. Is that a bad example? Okay. Yeah, that's a bad example. <laughs> I'm not talking about abject starvation. I'm Go talking where about where the food is. Yeah. God, it's a Sam Kinison class. That's the Sam Kinison you do. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I know we just were just kind of like playing. Um, I did. I did mention pesticides, didn't I? Just moments ago. You did. I should remind everybody about Orange Guard. Indeed. Safe, natural, powerful pesticide that will not kill you. I did. I did. Not killing you, your pets, your kids, or really just the ants and the roaches and the aphids that you don't want around. Coming into your house in the winter, stop them with Orange Guard. Delimiting from the orange peel. For those of you who haven't done this already, we're almost at the end of the month here. And I think it'll probably have to be next week when I come back from this trip because I'll be in Austin, Texas this weekend with Andy Wakefield and some others uh, that we'll do some kind of Orange Guard giveaway. For all of you that have b- bought it, either at your local Ace Hardware or Whole Foods or di- ordered it directly, orangeguard.com, I would urge you to send in a picture to Super Don. Look, what no hands. Doing? What are you doing, no hands? No hands. You were waiting for me to do Look, that? Look, Ma, no hands. You, you, can, you can go hands on again. Orangeguard.com. Send it, send your picture when you get it to Superdon. What what is that? Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong one. I clicked that wrong one. What was that? I don't remember actually that's, doing that. That's a that's, that's a pure Photoshop. That's you. You're the health guru. Oh, who says so? I don't say so. Yes, orangeguard.com. And send in your pictures. Yes. We haven't gotten a picture recently. Yeah, I know. Where are, you, where are all the people getting the orange guard? I'm going to say, they you are. know what? We need one more picture before we do the giveaway. How about that? Okay. How yeah, about that? I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Like that? I can go with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're top of the hour. We haven't heard from you more yet. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm he gonna, was rushing home, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take over for just a moment here. Okay. And um, my daughter took pictures yesterday of autumn for uh, Halloween. Not the not the season autumn. Your granddaughter autumn. My granddaughter autumn. Just want to be clear. Yeah, I can't. I just, this is my favorite picture of the day here. Oh my gosh! I'll put that full screen. <laughs> That is a heart melting picture there. Isn't Look that great? That. <laughs> and the little sign there says autumn blessings. Oh my gosh. Right. That is ridiculous. How does so that I'm do sorry. That? I couldn't resist. I had to show this because you, I'm you just drop like, a kid in a pumpkin. This could be considered abuse. That's awesome. I love <laughs> that picture. It's my new favorite picture. That was, that's adorable. That's ridiculous. Yes. Pumpkin. How about pumpkin pie? Uh, I, this is, this is exciting. Uh, if you didn't hear, I am 100% confirmed that I'm going to be speaking now at the Clay Clark event, Reawaken America Tour, on Saturday, the 5th of November, but I'm going to be flying in. On the 4th? Uh, on the 3rd, in fact, because we got to drive so down. So you're going to be there, there for, the for both days? Both days, yeah. Okay. So I'll be set up and I'll be able to broadcast. What would be a miracle is if I can get one of those boards in and learn how to use it before then. Well. That would be amazing. Let me just say mm -hmm. that uh, I just got an email from Dan Larson. Yeah. And uh he he is our second contributor. Okay. To the to the uh get Robert a new audio board fund. Okay. Are you ready? We we see like the 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 Jerry Lewis telephone thing, right? Have the drum roll. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the new total is What? How the heck did we get up to that? Dan Larson contributed $500 to the Holy uh, tamale. We call it the, the Dan and Melanie board of, of audio wonders. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's amazing. I so, think I'll be able to pull the trigger and get this thing. It may I be, might have it, before. it may be. I mean, we only need, okay. uh, what less than a hundred dollars here away dude. from, uh, from the total 96 away. Well, dude, that's just incredible. That would be Thank just you, Dan amazing. Larson. Thank you, Dan. You're amazing. Wow. And he, uh, Dan Larson is a Patreon, uh, uh yeah. member as well. I am blown away by this. We appreciate your you. support. Yeah. Wow. That's just amazing. Uh, and Christmas has come early. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, you know, they brought up the pie thing. Every time I hear pie, I'm like, I think of Leslie and, and her organic vegan. I, I think, oh, no, not, not really vegan. I apologize. Organic gluten-free. Gluten That's free. it. Gluten-free. Yeah, it was gluten-free. But she does gluten-free and you're like, I don't miss the gluten at all. Uh, and I talked with her yesterday about it because we're going to be seeing her. Uh, she's going to, they think they're an hour out of Springfield. And so Kevin and I will be there eventually. And they're going to make, she, she or the kids are going to make some kind of fruit pie. I don't know cherry pie or whatever, but I'm very excited because it's harder to deliver those cross country, but anyway, yeah. so grateful. Thank All right. You. So how about yeah. this? Since we're still waiting on Emord, yeah, uh, do you want to go break? to a break or do you yeah. want to hit that question of the day? Oh, do, did, was that scheduled for hour one or hour two? Hour two. Um, now let's take a break. We can do the, we can do the question of the day in the second hour with yeah. Emord. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't know if Emord has time to be with us the whole hour because it's, a, you know, okay. he's coming in late. So I'm not going to, we can open with that too, depending on if, when Jonathan shows up. Okay. So let's do that folks. Top right. of the hour educational break. Robertscottbell.com slash listen. Many of you are already there in the chat room. We'll review what is going on there. Thank you so much for being there. And for all of y'all generously sharing your time and energy to help, um, bring the Robert Scott Bell show to more people that need it, much less supply us the things we need to, to be able to do the Robert Scott Bell show, which uh, 
Melanie and Dan have, have done extraordinary today. It's just amazing what's happening here. So thank you. God bless you. The power to heal is yours. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Back at it, health, freedom, and healing liberty on tap here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Remember, November 12th and 13th, Salt Lake City, Salt Palace Convention Center, the Red Pill Expo. G. Edward Griffin, David Martin, so many other awesome folks will be there. I'll be the MC and I'll be speaking as well. There, yeah, you don't suffer from a drug deficiency. In fact, I, I need to come up with something for the reawaken america tour i'll be speaking after dr batar dr brian artis and dr simone gold i'm like it's a short slot they're all short slots although they doubled down on simone gold apparently she's doing really well with her presentations but oh man question is what should i you know how should i tailor a talk a short talk a 15 minute talk at the reawaken america tour that they haven't heard before and the med might be too much for them i don't know but you don't suffer from a drug deficiency. Maybe that's something I should do. I could hit that and nail that really quickly. So that's coming up the fourth and fifth in Branson, Missouri. I remembered the city finally. And then we may have other events coming up, but those are the, the next two big ones this weekend. Uh, Andy Wakefield is working on another feature film presentation and we'll be there uh, at least for helping for one scene uh, of that this weekend in Austin, Texas with my friends from natural immunogenics and elsewhere. And that'll be a fun weekend. And who knows what else? Hope to see you at some or all of the events coming up. The Red Pill Expo, you can stream online as well. And remember also with the Health Freedom Expo, there's the virtual expo that happens in February where you'll be able to access all of the lectures that you couldn't see. I couldn't see even being there. And then there'll be additional, usually we do additional panel discussions, at least one over the weekend when it happens in February of uh, 2023. January of 2023, the first weekend is going to be the, uh, I think they rescheduled the uh, uh, Terry and Stu Warner event, uh, Wellness Parenting Revolution, et cetera. So we'll be looking forward to being in Orlando early January as well. So those are some of the things that are coming up. All right, Super D, you wanted to do uh, QOTD to start hour two, I think, while we await. Hopefully, Jonathan Emore will get back in studio. Uh, so we'll be ready for that. Uh, and uh, this one's going to be an interesting one. And Super Don, let her rip when you're ready, and we'll do the question of the day here in hour two. Okay, this is what you can submit to the website by going to robertscottbell.com. Uh, there's also a toll-free number. You Not that you need toll-free numbers, but we still have one, 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL. If you want to leave a message, and with this new board, we might be able to take live calls. I don't know that we want to, but we might. It will have the option. And I, I might be able to, I'm getting chills. This is amazing. I might be able to have it and use it for the, uh, the big event next week in the 4th and 5th of November. If this is the case, we're, we're so close to, to getting that. That's wow. Just wow. So this is from Matt Dorner, MD, medical doctor, Dr. Dorner. He says, hello, I'm a family uh, medicine physician from East central Illinois, looking for a provider with exp expertise using homeopathic nosodes. 
I'm about two hours away from St. Louis and Indianapolis. Specifically, my friend's daughter is applying to nursing school and being asked to get an MMR vaccine per requirement of a training hospital she will be doing her clinical rotations in. They've chosen not to vaccinate and have a religious exemption. However, this hospital is not accepting that. I'm curious to know if, over time, with appropriate nosotherapy, is it possible to have reactivity on a titer test? Thank you for steering me in the right direction. Sincerely, Dr. Dorner. Well, dude, that's a great question, and it, and it really is a wheelhouse question to some degree because I, I've told a story just like this going way back in my early homeopathic years. There was a woman who she's in her twenties at the time. She's already a mom and she was going back to go to nursing school. And she knew all about the dangers of the MMR shot. And she didn't want to have anything to do with it. Yet the nursing school said, there's no way you could come in here. We won't allow you even in unless you have that MMR vaccine, you know, and we have proof that you've gotten it. So she did what we call a nosode or an offshoot of a nosode, because sometimes um, you, if you can isolate the material from, let's say, measles and convert it in to a homeopathic form, we call that the traditional nosode. There are also ways to take the MMR vaccine as a whole and utilize all of its ingredients and convert it to a homeopathic form to apply. Like it's not technically a nosode like MMR, but it's a, basically the MMR in a homeopathic form. And in this case, this is what was done. This woman began taking, I believe, if my memory serves correct, a 15x, it might even been a 10x of that preparation from the MMR homeopathically done. Hit it daily through a month. Within that time span, just a couple, two or three weeks into taking a daily MMR homeopathic, she began to express symptoms, express little red dots as if she had gotten the measles or something like it. She didn't really have uh, intense fever. She may have had a mild something going on, but there was no known exposure to actual measles in that time frame. But she was hitting this form of, you know, a various, a variation of a nose of that concept, taking the MMR, converting it to a homeopathic form. And she then went in to get a titer test, a check to see if there are titers that were measurable. Now, at, at, at 10x, you're at one part per 10 billion of the original substance. At 15x, you're, you know, well beyond that. On the way to Avogadro's number, that's 23x or 12c or so, 24x. So it didn't necessarily make sense. It wasn't what we thought was going to happen. We didn't know. But in fact, what happened when she took that titer test, it actually tested positive, like she had had measles. And she didn't know that, you know, as far as she knew, she didn't have measles as a child growing up. And she didn't have the shot either. So in her case, Dr. Dorner, it actually manifested a measurable titer, which should be enough to bypass the requirement for an MMR since you got, you've got, quote unquote, proven immunity by their standards of titer. Now, there may be actual measles nosodes, but that's not what we utilized all those years back again. So I can only share with you my experience. There are other homeopaths that have utilized it, but many of them would claim 
even homeopaths would say that's impossible. That's not real. That didn't happen. I'm telling you it happened, but it's a long time ago. So it's like 25 years ago now when that happened. So here's what I would do. Uh, Dr. Matt Dorner, I would have you reach out to our friend, Scylla Whatcott. She's in Minneapolis, Minnesota area out West, but Minnesota area, Minneapolis area. And she is our go-to for no zodes. She's, you know, teaching homeoprophylaxis as well. She may not agree with me on certain things, and that's okay, uh, about a tighter development. But I would also say you could text, no, 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 text, email, like I said, with the subject matter, jab reverse in the subject title. Send an email to superdon, askrsb at gmail.com. And I will always forward that once Superdon gets it to me, because that's indicative of to my friend Neil, homeopath, naturopath, who may also have access, I don't know for sure, to the MMR, the one we used in a homeopathic form. If not, I will do some follow-up with you. In fact, I may even call you up and talk to you about this further because I'm fascinated by your interest, much less your your willingness to help someone in, in such a circumstance. And, and so I will leave it at that for this moment. But unless Superdon, do you have the, the connection to Scylla Whatcott? We've, we've had her on and we've referenced her website. People go through homeoprophylaxis training. Yeah, I'm are, looking right now. Oh, you are? Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't, re- I, I, I can never remember the name of it. Yeah. And me too. It's like these names. It's are- like this mental block here. Mm-hmm. And I just tried Googling Scylla uh, uh, Whatcott and I'm not, it's not coming up for some reason. Really? Come on. We've had her on the show. It'll be in our website. I mean, you just search Scylla on our website. Oh, I fine. I guess that's a good idea, actually. I, I think that's think a good that. idea. I yeah. didn't think that. I didn't think about that. Duh. Dogs are even saying, what are you thinking, Super Dog? Mom, mom has got, gotten home here. That's all. Okay. All right. Scylla Whatcott. Mm-hmm. I got her back in 2019. Okay. And it links to realimmunity.org. There you go. Thank you. So, uh, Dr. Dorner, go to realimmunity.org, reach out to them. As I said, homeopaths have a wide variety of opinions on this, whether it be to use the nose or to use the MMR, convert it into homeopathic. I'm just telling you the experience we had was so astonishing and shocking, but it happened. You know, someone would argue you proved the remedy. That's the concept of proving a remedy by taking it, taking it, taking it, and it starts to manifest the symptoms. But so much so that there was a measurable titer. Now, if we understand all matter is ultimately really energy anyway, Putting an energy signature for something that manifests physically, is it really far-fetched when we understand quantum physics? I don't think so. But I understand from a molecular reductionist point of view, it makes little to no sense. Or skeptic view, they would go, yeah, yeah, that's not science. I'm like, dude, those people that are skeptics are not science at all. So uh, I like the thought. I like the inclination to look at that and see if that can be done. I wish that uh, one day these nursing schools and medical schools will wake up and realize that the Flexner report was a disaster for them. They uh, basically dismissed a significant portion of healing. In fact, that leads us to the next story I wanted to cover with you about the, uh, the Hippocratic Oath and then some. Speaking to Minnesota, Minnesota, the University of Minnesota, med school students, and we have some video of this too, they have pledged to fight white supremacy at their graduation ceremony. <laughs> no joke. I mean, there's something called white coat syndrome. That's very real. 
you know, you go to a doctor's office, suddenly your heart begins to flutter and you're nervous around it. And I would say, yes, indeed, in the history of allopathic modern medicine, has there been institutionalized racism? Yes. I would say probably not as much as it once was, probably is an understatement. Could you find pockets of people that are white supremacists in medicine? Maybe. But is it institutional? Why would this be something in medical school? Mm -hmm. Because usually what they do, I think, you know, during the ceremony or whatever, they they, they do the Hippocratic Oath, right? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently in the University of Minnesota, they sat in an auditorium and they all read from the same thing and did a pledge. And part of that pledge, here's a clip of what they had to say. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. Wow. As we enter this profession with opportunity for growth, we commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism listening and amplifying voices for positive change. You know what? If they only acknowledged and honored the Hippocratic oath, that would be something. So I'm not counting on them to actually live up to whatever they're trying to do here. Because remember the Hippocratic oath says first do no harm. And the very first thing when you write a prescription for an FDA approved pharmaceutical drug is bring harm to the body. Now, granted in an acute intervention, it could be life saving. I've never disputed that. But by and large, the entirety of allopathic medicine is to fight against by suppressing or forcing. It's a violent profession. It's a violent profession. It uses chemical violence on the body. Even if you can argue, yes, in certain circumstances, it can be life-saving. And as I said, I don't dispute that. But outside of the realm of acute interventions in trauma type or warfare type surgeries and other things, that form of violence is not doing no harm. So if they're not talking about reversing white supremacy, you know, tell me, don't you think it would be front page news if, if, if there was one medical school in America that was engaged in white supremacy at this point, is that unreasonable of me to go or could they hide it? I mean, you know, they're all wearing Klan robes in addition to their white schmocks. Is that what you're telling me in medical school? Is that what's happening? Man, um, hashtag woke culture, you know, emerging in the young people who are going through medical school to be good little prescribers. Not only uh, white supremacy and colonialism, yeah, but they even had to throw in their gender binary, which, yeah, disputes uh, biological realities of uh, male female. You know, that that says. Uh, you know, I'm an intelligent man or woman, but I don't acknowledge that. I want to understand why they didn't throw in climate change, too. I mean, where yeah, was that? A, yeah, shocking. They should go back. Isn't to that school like the number? Did, wasn't that just recently? Uh, was it you, the, the World Health Organization or somebody said that, that was like the number one threat to humanity? Mm-hmm. You know, that the, they were they were somehow linking it up in uh, in healthcare somehow. Yeah. Um, you wow. know, it's fascinating. Dr. Mark Siegel at Fox News was talking about this. And what does he go on to? He gloms on to one statement about promoting indigenous medicine. Now, that is one part that was in that. And, and it said that um, that uh, that they should honor the indigenous indigenous medicine. And uh, they acknowledge the the 
problem with Western medicine. Marginalizing. Kind of watching that. So, marginalizing, you know, yeah. In that regard, honestly, it's not a total horrible thing that they're doing. In fact, that part of it would be amazing if, yeah. if they come out of medical school and they go, you know what? We're going to acknowledge native medicines from around the world, herbal medicines from around the world having a place instead of just marginalizing and dismissing it. Yet, Dr. Mark Siegel from Fox News says, well, if we have to start giving out herbs rather than using the latest technology. You know, <laughs> so that's what he was picking up on. Of course, I'm still looking for the medical school that's promoting white supremacy today. I was like, th again, this is just some of this stuff is like, it's it's woke madness and now if somebody knows of a medical school that's promoting that let me know i'll i'll go oh okay well that one but institutionalized uh you know i would say it's more likely to be sexism you know it's a very uh, male dominated uh system medicine as i said it's it's violence on the body through chemistry altering chemistry violently arguably to save lives in emergency trauma interventions but outside of that when it comes to chronicities no it's more harmful than helpful with that, we have our good buddy, our pal, Sacred Fire of Liberty, delayed by an hour and 23 minutes. He has got an exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate, emord4va.com. And I want to see him as the next senator from the state of Virginia two years from now to defeat. What's that painful guy? Whatever his name. Tim Kane, Payne, yes. whatever. Yeah. It's back Kane. What? It's back Kane. Back Kane? Oh, really? Yeah. You got back pain and there is back cane. Yeah. He's a bit of a pain, but yeah. Hey, Jonathan, welcome. Where have you been? Have you been out on the trail? What's going on? Yes, sir. I've been in Culpeper today and I was meeting with a, a fine group of people. And unfortunately um, I checked my cell phone to try to send you a message that I was running late and mm -hmm. the message didn't get through Robert. No, we didn't get a word of it. We just kind of carried no, on. I thought I would be able to, get back as fast as I went in going there, but it ended up being an hour beyond the time it took me to get there. So you never know around here. Traffic is a real maelstrom, real problem. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What, what app thing super Don is messaging me. I'm confused by it. anyway. Uh, apologize for that, but it's, it's, it's good to see you, my friend. And uh, I know that you had an event down there at Casey Krejci's last Friday while I was at another fantastic uh, incredible event really i i love him i mean he's just tremendous and i got to meet the rest of his family his daughter made the most delicious food she's a chef mm -hmm. and she it was just incredible and then all the people that were there i mean it was it was a great great time robert you should have been there robert oh i got you all right super don reminded me i have to check in for a flight now come on and talk with jonathan while i do this <laughs> that's why <laughs> Actually, I think it would be more fun just to watch you. No, it's not going to be fun. As you, che as you check your so app. Well, I like your outfit, and I like Don's, I should say, also. Look at that. Yeah. Robert yeah. has the what is it? We should be models for the, uh, for the yeah. uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Emord, Emord School of, of Clothing. Yeah, the, you are, yeah, you are models for this lovely book, which continuously gains interest here in, in Virginia. This, this lovely specimen here is uh really popular how biden stole christmas tonica and kwanzaa too yeah you know the thing is you came out with that right before christmas last year super Where's yours, robert? Right there. and you know what's interesting it's robert the, the bookshelf yes <laughs> it has sort of a timeless quality to it because it's completely valid again this year mm -hmm. everything in it is true about this year as well it's all right biden's uh wretched history but it's it's even worse i like this one robert you mm -hmm. like this one? 
one. There yes. Go. Yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh. The you illustrations know, in this book are just are great. great. They're terrific. They and yeah, folks, you want a fun Christmas gift to kind of wake people up to the socialism, collectivism, communism. Send it to your Biden. favorite liberal. Yeah. <laughs> As a Christmas go. gift. Yes. Look at that. Oh, by the way, Jonathan, Christmas came early for us. We we put out a plea, a request from our listeners to help us. We're trying to update my my remote travel board, the audio board, its interface, because it's ancient, yeah. it's breaking. And uh, where are we on the on the list of this? How far are we close to? I might be able to get this before well, I speak. I, I actually, I, I'm going to have to update it. Um, yeah. I have not had a chance to do that yet. Yeah. But, but I, I was invited by Clay Clark to speak at the Reawaken America Tour at Branson, Missouri next yeah. next uh, weekend. I don't know, man. I need a slide for you because I want to tell everybody that, you know, your exploratory committee is there. That crowd will be all over it, I think. Uh, and so that's one of the things I want to bring out. But um, we're looking to get a new, you know, interface. You know how I do the remotes when I'm on remote. Yeah. And uh, in fact, when we did the Sacred Fire Liberty event almost ten years ago in Virginia, where where that was on the on the water there, right? Uh, I was using the same the same setup I have today. Ten years later, it's like it's just holding on with spit and glue. So, so, so you ask for people to contribute to help you get a new one. Yeah, and and it's like today we're like eighty five percent of the way there. It's like oh my goodness, holy. I know. So the so visual. How, how, it, What's the dollar shortage that you have? Super Don will put it up there in a second. I know he's working on it. Do you have that visual? But yeah, it's not like it's outrageous either. It's very reasonable, but still for us to do these things, we, we run sometimes on a shoestring hanging out there to get the word out. It's so important to do this and uh, the opportunity to be out these remotes and I'll be able to interact with a lot of people at that one. Uh, did we make that? Did we make it? We did. Super Don. So the first board now, the second board is what we want to get for you. So the next one is six ninety nine. So should uh, we? I mean, would it be appropriate for us to to like change the total now? I guess. Well, I think it's like you said. We we needed me to get the remote board first, and then you secondarily right. in studio. And I wasn't all. even know. I didn't even think we were going to do that. And it's just like people are just like boom. So it's just it's amazing. Like, but Jonathan, yeah, this is the I, thing we, for instance, here's the case in point, why it would have been awesome if we had this today for, for, uh, for super Don, because you were on the road and didn't have access to internet. But if your right. phone worked, this board would allow us to pot you in, plot you in or whatever by phone, you could call in and be on the show. So you need a second one. That's for Don. Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. Complete us. So we'll, 699 for each of these. Correct. And we've got the first one covered and I thank I will have to say thank you to everybody that's contributed. So what an amazing thing. I'll get an updated total here. I just, I just, I just was, yeah. you know, I got so much going on here. Right. So I didn't realize how prescient it would be today. As you told me, you couldn't connect. And then, Oh my gosh, if we had this board, you could have called in and it wouldn't have been a problem. Well, since, so. Robert, since I inconvenienced you so much, I bear the guilt and shame. <laughs> I the second one. I don't I guilt you. The second one, Robert. You, you, what? I'm paying for the second one because I caused you guilt. And shame. <laughs> Jonathan, we need to have all that money focused on you running for the Senate. Well, but we, we need to keep you connected, Robert. Your voice is important, my good man. So, <laughs> uh, if you've got someone out there who's supposed to contribute by phone because they, they, they're too foolish or unable to connect directly <laughs> in any other way, all right. then there needs to be that mechanism. So, um, I'm down for, what is it? Six ninety nine. That's what it is to, to, for the unit. So um, I'm down for six ninety nine, Robert. I'm sending it right dude. away. All right, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah has come early. Have, have Don send me the address to send it to Robert, and I or, will. 
Uh, yeah, or he'll just send you the link for it because that'll cover it. But, dude, that's awesome. All right, now that's not the reason why I brought you on today. Late. Oh, it is. No, honestly, it isn't. It's amazing, but it's partly to, you know, to get updates, of course, from you because we're all excited. Everybody here that loves you and appreciates you. In fact, you know, most people tune in because they're just on Thursdays because of you, and I'm happy for that. Uh, to, to learn about what else is going on in terms of the exploratory committee. And then, of course, we have some stories to cover, time permitting, for the second hour. I know normally you're on the first hour. So um, any other updates, anything else you can share with us on the event that Casey Krejci hosted or other events that are coming up, we can let our, our listeners and viewers know that would want to partake, participate, and help. It was a great event. Uh, we're going to have another event in Florida in February. Mm-hmm. Um I believe they set the date as February the 2nd, and it's going to be in the Villages, which is right near uh, Mar-a-Lago, at, which is where Trump is. And it's wait, going wait, wait. To- Did you say the Villages? Because the Villages are like between where I lived in Mount Dora and Ocala, Florida, north of Orlando, versus Mar-a-Lago, which is closer to West Palm Beach. So I, I just want to be sure I'm hearing okay, I must not know what I'm talking about, which is could be on Florida. <laughs> Um, I know it's the villages, and for some reason I was told, hey, you're near Mar-a-Lago, but I guess I'm not really near Mar-a-Lago. But anyway, it's at the villages, which is a very strong Republican stronghold. Very uh, conservative place in central Florida, and I have many friends up there that I now, if you could tell me if that link is available, I can help get those some of my friends to maybe attend that one next. So so it isn't available yet. They just uh, agreed to, it's actually, this is one of the um, many things that came out of the Casey Krejci event that really were fantastic. Um, We not only raised revenue, which was really helpful, but we also made some tremendous uh, connections. And one of those connections is with one of the leading people who sets up uh, events for Tucker Carlson and so on at uh, the villages. And she was so excited when mm-hmm. she heard the, the message we had to communicate that she said, hey, look, I'm going to make this happen for you at the villages. And she's working to set that up. I know the date is February the 2nd. Okay. And uh, as, it, as, it, as we get more information, and a link for signing up to come to it. I'll, I'll have it for you, Robert. Okay, so that would be a great way to spend Groundhog Day. Uh, I don't know. Again, I well, would we fly to any to of your events. One, you and I need to do one in Utah. Yes. We need to, we need to start pinning down dates when that will happen. Uh, there are going to be a series of them in Arizona. Uh, okay. They just haven't set up the dates. And there are also going to be, there's also going to be a number of them in Virginia, D.C., and uh, in California, in San Diego, and then also in uh, the Hollywood area in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, you, you missed uh, an hour one. I, you know, I, I've done this before, but it really became so critically important to remind folks that we we really need to abolish the FDA at this point. Honestly, to 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 you know, rearrange the deck chairs on this FDA at this point that has been promoting things that are dangerous and deadly. Nothing about their mission is being actually manifested to allow for the states to pro- to provide profound aspects of freedom restored and returned in healthcare, in prevention, all of these things. And so many people are afraid of the thought of eliminating part of the oligarchy or all of it. They say, oh, but people will die. I'm like, how many more people are going to die compared to what already do under FDA tyranny? Yeah, the real issue people have that justifies the existence of a system for checking is 
the safety and efficacy of a new substance that is supposed to be uh, capable of curing or treating a disease. That safety and efficacy testing right now is, is not done by anyone but the drug companies themselves. So the very party that has an economic interest in getting approval of the drug is the party that's doing the testing to determine safety and efficacy, which is an inherent conflict of interest. So the system is built to allow the drug companies to determine the safety and efficacy of their own drugs. And if they don't raise a safety question, the government presumes them safe. And as far as efficacy can, is concerned, we've seen a mass number of uh, drugs for mental illness approved that have no evidence of efficacy beyond placebo. So you end up with this very bizarre situation where the government here, the FDA, is a captive of the drug industry, not only because that is the evolution of the agency's history, but it's caused whistleblower after whistleblower to, to go to the uh, Congress and complain, but it's also because it's really built right into the statute that enables them to test their own drugs. If we want safety and efficacy of drugs so the consumers can be protected, we need independent testing, not by the drug companies, of the safety and efficacy, and we need independent determinations. And this has to be done in a blinded fashion so that undue influence can't be, cannot be exerted over the testing centers. <clears throat> and these testing centers could be at universities, science areas, uh, or independent uh, organizations that are have the facilities to do scientific testing. And <clears throat> that ought to be the way it goes. And we ought to strip the FDA of that power because it has the long history of FDA is that over and over again, they approve unsafe substances for the treatment of disease mm -hmm. and over their own medical reviewers' objections. And <clears throat> the public, as uh, David Graham, the former associate director of the FDA Office of Drug Safety, said, the public is virtually defenseless, he said, against unsafe drugs entering no. the market. So we should not be the guinea pigs or the lab uh, rats mm -hmm. in this whole process. We ought to be able to know, and certainly can, uh, in advance of a drug being uh, made available, that it's safe and efficacious, at least to the extent yeah. necessary for it to be effective overall in the treatment of a disease. Jonathan, I've been so right. And I think that you could do a lot in the U.S. Senate to communicate things that are not even be being communicated by uh, Rand Paul, as much as I appreciate and, and like Rand Paul. It's an area that you have been intricately, intimately connected to in terms of, a t you know, a battling against the oligarchy in the courts and an aspect of communication of these people that still have a, a, a false sense of their legitimate agency doing good work. Right. And, and it's so just when Dan Burton, when Dan Burton was the head of the um, oversight committee in, in the House, <clears throat> there was somebody who took the FDA to task and made them answer for their actions so that they always had to worry about what Dan Burton was going to do. Yeah. And corruption diminished because of Dan Burton and their abuses were checked by Dan Burton. And that's the role of Congress. It ought to be one where they oversee and check the abuses and 
bring to the public mind uh, awareness of just how bad things are and then introduce legislation to fix it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a, a, a form of oversight that is just not being done at all with the FDA. I mean, these hearings with the FDA are embarrassing because they basically are platforms for the agency to tout how great they are without mm-hmm. any serious inquiry into all of the enormous misgivings that are present and all of the abuse of power. And, yeah. you know, that needs to be, that's why we have uh, a Congress in the first place is to mm-hmm. exercise a degree of oversight and to introduce legislation to correct ab- abuses when you instead mm-hmm. just have a cheerleading session, no matter what they do, mm-hmm. then of course we have the profligate abuse of power that we now see from the FDA every day. Yeah. You're not going to uncapture an agency with so much power. It's always going to be a desirable target for those that would then profit via monopolies. It's established by government. That doesn't happen in a free market, but via government uh, sanctioning mandate, prohibition, et cetera. Well, what role do you perceive uh, that states or state agencies would have in a diminished or eliminated FDA? Well, state agencies, unfortunately, have oftentimes been complicit with the FDA in going after doctors and going after uh, uh, dietary supplement companies and others that the agency just generally regards as not worthy of having an existence. And um, reforms, likewise, on the state level are really needed. In the end, we need a free market. We need a market in which There is safety, yes, and efficacy, yes, by independent labs tested and and established before a drug enters the market. But when it comes to substances that we commonly consume and that carry no safety risk, homeopathics that fall into that category, as well as foods and dietary supplements, uh, the real issue is why do we have government involved with speech at all? Why do we have government prohibiting the communication of information? The only role that the government should have is one that should be reserved to the Justice Department in this area, which is to go after companies that engage in fraud, where you have demonstrable proof of injury to people uh, based on uh, uh, misrepresentations made to the public. But when it comes to um, the revelation of science to the public, there's no justification whatsoever under the First Amendment and certainly none even under just basic principles for the government of the United States to deny consumers access to truthful uh, information concerning the effects of nutrients on disease. So why it is that the FDA would prohibit a company from putting on a prune juice bottle that prune juice is a treatment for chronic constipation, I don't know, but that's presently illegal and their position violates the First Amendment. It is undoubtedly true that that is the case. I say that as an example of just how absurd the degree of censorship is that is wielded by the FDA today. That has to come to an end. Freedom needs to reign. We need to be recognized as sovereign people who have the right to receive truthful information without any government interference. That's the legacy of the the most significant legacy of this whole pandemic era is censorship. Uh, Yeah, and I think that the time is more ripe than ever to head on in terms of, you know, let's say being in the Senate or in Congress, much less from, let's say, a voter or state level perspective, recognize the corruption at the FDA that has resulted in perhaps millions of needless deaths 
Now, not, you know, even though you and I know the dangerousness of the drugs that are approved resulting in 106,000 to 784,000 deaths annually before COVID. And that was in the New England Journal of Medicine, the Lancet, the JAMA Journal. I mean, it's not like I'm I'm a homeopath with an axe to grind. I'm just talking about peer-reviewed literature acknowledging the dangerousness of FDA-approved pharmaceuticals, even used properly. But now, you know, that's they always overlook. They go, well, you know, those are not the real deaths we're worried about. And then they pick out like one supplement death that Dick Durbin goes apoplectic over. Right. But but under COVID now, the corruption has been laid bare and it's becoming more of, uh, of obvious, if you will to even those that kind of look the other way for a long time. I think the time is more ripe than ever. Should you become a senator, for instance, to achieve things that you couldn't do as a lawyer beating back the oligarchy in the courts, or even that Dan Burton couldn't achieve when he was in Congress? I think that something is going to be different. There already is changing when you're in the Senate. So as a lawyer, you know, you proceed case by case, and the effect of the decision even if it's a momentous decision like Pearson versus Shalala was in my history, um, the reality is that the agency will undermine the court's decision uh, unless the agency is forced, really, over and over again to abide by it. So that led to a series of cases that we brought against the agency that we won based on their utter refusal to abide by the court's mandate, constitutional mandate, First Amendment mandate, from Pearson versus Shalala. So we're at a point where if you're going to make a difference, uh, it's beyond, and I don't mean to diminish the importance of, of winning cases and waging them against the government, but I'm saying that the answer to the problem that is the root reason why government operates this way requires that we reestablish the constitutional limits that the founding fathers intended on federal power and that requires legislative action because it's not going to come from the courts on a case-by-case basis. It just is not going to happen. And it's that realization combined with the lightning speed that the government is moving in the socialist direction and killing our whole country that is kind of the necessity for this whole effort. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm not an announced candidate yet. I'm still mm-hmm. trying to raise the revenue a million dollars which I've been told is really the bare minimum in order to have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and actually mm-hmm. if we, we are on our way, I mean, we're up to now, let's see, it's 200 and it's 200 and some odd thousand dollars towards that million. So we're on our way. The goal is by March of 2023. And, you know, to your point, uh, it is a bare minimum. And I think you said it just to say, look, is there going to be support for me, you as candidate? For you That's to right. say, I'm going to do it because I know that there will be support. And, and you know, you're not into tilting at windmills, Jonathan. I know that. That's right. And, yeah. and this is, as you and I know, I mean, we are driven by ideas and we're driven by our love of the founding fathers and the principles that underlie this country that made it great. We believe in free enterprise. We believe in limited government. We believe that individual liberty is the most important thing to be protected. And so... What's interesting to me, Robert, is that this, those factors which motivate me are also, fortunately for me, uh, ones that I find motivating just about everybody that I'm interacting with. So all over the country going, you know, from for the Chicago Health Freedom Expo, the Orlando event, all throughout Virginia, 
speaking again and again in different locations, answering questions and figuring out what people are interested in. There is no uh, dissent that I have yet encountered from people on the basic message that government's too big, it's over-regulating us, it's destroying the economy, it's destroying uh, the fossil fuel industry to the extent that we are going to be buried in these massive increases in, in gas and home heating oil, and there is a horrible legacy coming next year too. But so, so they all agree that the solution to the problem is not the government. The, the solution to the problem has got to be from the private sector, and they readily accept the idea that we have to close the southern border. We have to have law enforcement in this country. Mm -hmm. We have to have a supply side revolution like we had in the Reagan years with dramatic cuts in personal taxes and, and corporate taxes. At the same time, elimination of regulation that is preventing domestic manufacturing and growth so that we can have a supply side revolution that will make prices come down. So it's not only causing oil and gas prices to come down by making us energy independent, by producing oil and gas again domestically, uh, but it's also this agenda to increase supply. We can, the vision that I see for America of, is, is one predicated on the idea that individual liberty must be paramount as the founding fathers understood it. And coming from that naturally, stemming from that, is prosperity. And we will have great prosperity if we cut back the regulations, stop this agenda to create socialism, open up a free market again, have our country become not only a domestic source of its own oil and energy, but a domestic source for manufacturers of all kinds, and also make our country indispensably the greatest exporter in the world of oil and gas and energy. Yeah. It's this system, it's this system that if we follow that course will make mm -hmm. us again the greatest empire of liberty in the world, an opportunity society where people can expect their children can expect to have a life better than their parents had, where it's possible to rise the ladder of economic success, where schools are are merit merit-based institutions rather than institutions that uh, call for a leveling of kids and advocate Marxism through critical race yeah, theory. I mean, lowest, lowest common denominator yeah. on education does not, you know, allow for critical thinkers, which is what we need. And that's we need that. we need debate. We need debate at the university. Debate in schools. We need to hear the opposite viewpoint. That needs to be understood. That look, as a free people, we have to be tolerant. That's part of our freedom. One day we'll be in the minority communicating. Yeah. And that 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 idea that somehow there ought to be no allowance for dissent, no conservative viewpoints yeah. expressed, censorship on the airwaves, censorship on uh, the Internet, all of that has to go. We have to reaffirm the supremacy of the First Amendment to the Constitution and make sure that we enforce it. Yes, and absolutely. Big tech is is shackled in its ability to censor. Jonathan, I'm curious as to you know questions coming in as you've done some tours beyond when we were together at the Health Freedom Expo. You know, I, I'm just most curious as to how they're interacting with you because a lot of people that would have a conservative uh, bent or even a Republican bent are cynical 
greatly so about Republican establishment, you know, party positions and, you know, the fact that government has grown under that party too. Have they asked you, you know, what makes you different or, you know, anything that, that kind of caught you a little go, Oh, that's an interesting question, which leads me to believe they're thinking differently than previous uh, election cycles. Yeah. So I ain't no establishment figure. That's for sure. As you know, I'm not a career politician. This is the first foray, and this will be the last, too, because if I can't accomplish, if I do this, if I can't accomplish in six years what has been intended for me to, to do and what I've said I'll do, then I, I don't want to be there another six. That's it. Six years is enough. So I'm going to go in there and give it my all and accomplish what I can within six years and... Uh, I'm not interested in a career in politics. I, I'm not a politician. No, I, I know. And you do this reluctantly. And the... to your point, uh, yeah. let me just say this. The, I've been inspired by a number of people, and I've met a number of people who are really providing direct answers to some difficult questions. For example, we have a, a far-left uh, position out there that says that we have to destroy the human environment. That is, we have to make humans an endangered species in order for us to have the rest of the planet saved. That's actually the position of the Democrat Party of the, this administration, that we will get rid of all fossil fuels entirely. And if that drives mankind back to the Stone Age, so be it. Because that's the only way we're going to have no climate change. That's the way we're going to have no carbon production. Well, the absurdity of that is that, you know, human beings are part of the ecosystem too. And you don't sacrifice the human species in its entirety so that the rest of the animal kingdom can flourish, even if their assumptions, which have been, are unproven, about carbon destroying the planet uh, were true. But there's a solution to this. And it comes from allowing freedom to reign because economic market forces push us in the direction of improving the environment and the greatest improvements in the environment have come about from the evolution of the free market. Actually, every major improvement in the environment over the last 100 years has come about because of innovation to reduce the inefficiency and cost that is associated with pollution. Now, this, you may say, oh, that's all theoretical. Well, um, if you meet a fellow named Dr. David Martin, you'll mm -hmm. come to the realization that green energy is something he invented. Yeah. It's actually in the marketplace. He created it. Mm -hmm. That didn't come from government planning. That came from someone using their brain mm -hmm. and coming up with an innovative solution that could take uh, substances like um, uh, asphalt and turn no. it into a pure form of gas and oil. A renewable energy source that would normally be going into landfill and wasted. Right. And, yeah. And yeah. So in other words, as Julian, Dr. Julian Simon correctly said, economist, years and years ago in his book, The Ultimate Resource, so long as we are free, we can achieve. Mm -hmm. And by achievement, I don't just mean making more money or uh, uh, enabling uh, people to be more people to be employed. I mean improving our overall environment because 
in the end, our standard of living is improved mm -hmm. by an improved environment. And this is what we all want. It's not like something we don't all want. We all want a better environment. But what, what I don't want is what's happening now, which is to use the environment, to use, to use the, the mantra of climate change as a Trojan horse for the delivery of socialism. And if you think socialism leads to an improved environment, have you visited China lately? Have you yeah. visited Russia lately? Uh, Ven these Venezuela are, and what what the, the environmental yeah. cost of destruction in socialism in is. Yeah, it, it, innovation it's, is ha ha all power to one person. You make a monopoly of the state over mm -hmm. all of the economy and over all decision making then you end up with a reflection of the selfishness of the dictator who has clawed his way or her way to the top mm -hmm. instead of a billion independent ideas to solve problems, which is the way in which we ultimately come to that precious idea that actually does work. And you know what? We're willing to pay for that not because it's uneconomic, but because of the genius of the market, it is extremely economic. So what we have now being forced down our throats is solar energy and wind energy, mm -hmm. which is extremely expensive, which causes a mass movement of capital from the United States to China, Correct. our worst enemy that wants to destroy us. So we're defunding the American population and nation and depleting our ability to defend ourselves and our national security by destroying our independent ability to produce energy at the same time that we are feeding uh, the communist Chinese with. Oh yeah, no. And, and it's, it's raping the earth of rare earth minerals that are not recyclable easy, if at all. And I, you know, when people come to try to sell me solar, I'm like, dude, you understand that's not green at all. It's a disaster in the battery technology on and on, but oil, David Martin has done some amazing things. And I'm so glad you've been able to hang out with him some more. He'll be one of the keynotes at the Red Pill Expo, 12th and 13th of November in Salt Lake City. And uh, again, we're going to have to work something out for Utah for you uh, as far as events and any others that you let me know about. I will let our audience know that want to participate and support as well as we learn about them. Thank you for being on the second hour of the show. I know that's not normal, but you had these events and you couldn't get back in time, but we made it happen. And thank you for your donation of the board. Now I've got one thanks to our listeners and viewers, and you have gotten one for super Don. So we're going to be next level broadcasters shortly here. Thanks as well to you, Jonathan yeah. Emord. Merry Christmas, Don. Yay. And check your email for that. We can talk more later. We're going to take a break. 60 seconds from now, a bonus round. Jonathan Emord's rocking the world, the health world in a great way, restoring the liberty that we cherish here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So check him out, emord4va.com, if you want to see him run for the United States Senate in Virginia in two years to defeat Tim Kaine. Thank you all for being here. If you want to stick around, just back in a moment because the power to heal is yours. All right. See some good comments from our good friend, Charles Pixley, who joined us on our AMA recently as a recent Patreon supporter edition. Thank you, Charles. 
says landfills are an energy source instead of burning it it can be used as fuel and you know the stuff that uh david martin has helped to develop and invent to convert the waste into energy green energy there is so much oil to be had that can be burned more efficiently and cleanly and yet our friends on the left that haven't heard of this are just, they deny that it's possible. They've been programmed, John. Uh, you know, and Jonathan's now become aware of that as well, which is great. So we have options in the future right now that you're not going to get from the mainstream media. You're not going to get from leftist Democrats, and even many Republicans aren't aware of it. Uh, but we'll be out there talking about it some more. So, Super Don, what do you think? The fastest route to get these boards? We, I mean, this is like another little like I'm a blown away. miracle. I mean, I, I am just, I'm, I'm just like floored. Um, this is so cool, manifesting is, something so is, quickly. That is too cool. So, want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Melanie, to mm -hmm. uh, Dan Larson, mm -hmm. also Nancy, uh, and I, I'm, the last name Melander or Melander. She, she put us over the, the top. She dropped a check in the mail. Okay. Um, and that's that's on its way. So we got it covered. We got it covered. And actually, you know, uh the 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 little bit that's gonna be left over on top of that. Yeah. Uh I could use actually because when I get this board, I have nothing XLR. Okay. And so in order to be able to use it, I'm gonna have to get some cords and some stuff and you know, like that, but so we can use the a little extra to get those things for you to get those things, yeah. So that I'll yeah. be I'll be functional. But um, okay. I mean, I just great. What do you what? Yeah. What do you say? I mean, I'm just that's, I mean, just other than thank, thank you. you so much. Gosh darn, that's amazing. Because it's you know it's going to allow us once we get things set up and mm -hmm. uh, get familiar <laughs> with the new technology. Yeah. It's going to, dude. I'm going to have faders again. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long time since you were running a board with faders. And um yeah, and you know, we'll be able to figure out how to uh, do phone calls now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's and and you know, all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh again, thank you so much you guys for for stepping up and, and helping amazing. out on that. I had, I just fully did not expect it to happen. Neither you or I didn't even think. It's like, hey, maybe just throw it out there. <laughs> Look at what happened. Thank <laughs> you. E words like, oh, how much is the? Oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, right. You got oh, it. Really? So we'll have you'll have the Jonathan Emord board at at your studio there. Yeah, and you it'll take me a little time because, like I said, I I just I, I there's some things, things you got to do to integrate that I'm gonna have to get in order to make it make it work and interface yeah. and all that stuff. But sure. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Kind of exciting. Dude, crazy show today. It didn't go the way we had planned it, but it was better. Really, uh, how this is happening. So uh, tomorrow we talk about I head out to Austin, Texas for the weekend. Uh, Andy Wakefield has a great new film project. We want to support him in that. And so we'll be there this weekend. And then next weekend, heading out uh, Thursday. Let's see, Thursday, yes of next weekend we'll be flying out i gotta uh, meet kevin there and then we'll ride on down and we'll get to see leslie maybe sherry neal leslie and the kids and her husband at james as well and maybe have pie so this is like i know i've been like dreading doing another trip but this is going to be great and now maybe just maybe i could figure out because i'll have this board in time when i get back from austin to test it out you know monday tuesday and wednesday and see if it's it, if i can integrate it for this uh this trip to uh, um, uh, ja ja now I lost the name of it again, Missouri, Branson, Branson. Thank you. And this was stimulated into what 
thanks to Pastor Greg Young, wasn't it? Because you you noticed the board that he was using. Yeah, that I used true. for that that one uh, broadcast. And I'd ha- I've had my eye on that board for quite a while since I first learned about it. Uh, yeah, gosh, probably six months ago or so. Yeah, and watch some videos on. It. In fact, I'll have to send you the video so you can see it in action and see exactly what it is that it can do. Okay. DJ um, Katie's laughing at us. Boys in their new toys excitement. That's Diana. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Diana said that, right? Oh, Diana yeah. said that. But, but Katie um, is, uh, is talking about any audio person, and DJ knows that. Knows what? Knows what? I don't know. Something we didn't know. Something I said, or so I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Really cool. Right. Awesome, dude. Awesome. So amazing. So uh, tomorrow, did you find a really awesome encore that you're going to do no, as I'm traveling? But I will. Because yeah. you have you found access to shows that we you know didn't haven't you know. Yeah, there's a handful of them there, yeah. but um, that were from our original YouTube channel before they uh, they deplatformed us. That it right. backed up. So there's there's some there, and I've got plenty in in uh, in the archives as well. So yeah, I'll I'll. Uh, troll through the uh the archives and pick mm-hmm. something good yeah that'll be great you gotta have faders that's what that's what oh. uh, she was talking about yeah yeah any audio um, yeah well, huge difference huge yeah. difference and i'm telling you it's just to, to try and do it with a mouse mm. on something like that it, there's no comparison not the, not, whatsoever you know, because you just thing. don't have the amount of control of mm-hmm. fading and bringing in and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, and DJ exactly. Katie obviously knows. So she does, she knows I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that, but oh, dude, it's so It's just, yeah. and I only know a little bit of what it can do. You right. know, I mean, without actually d- jumping into it, but from a production standpoint mm-hmm. and especially in, in, a, in an audio, yeah, you know, combining the audio with the video, it's a little bit different, but um, from an audio standpoint, it's just, Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. To, about I'm it. trying not to giggle like a little kid, you know. We're giddy. Yes, we're so over giddy. the thought Thank of you. it. But. By the way, shout out to Murdoch, who wasn't here. I think in the early in the first hour when I when I referenced his Facebook posting about you and me, which like really moved us almost to tears. It's like, dude, why do you have to be so nice to us? That's not it, you know. He's like all joking, and he was great at the AMA because we talked about dishing it out and taking it. He can do both. Murdoch's great. And uh, Indeed. thank you for the kind words. And, and those of you that also chimed in on that, it really, really is special to hear. Um, we don't do it for that. Well, maybe Super Don does, but I, we don't, oh, teasing. Uh, but the, it's nice when you, you, you know, you're acknowledged and say, you know, the thanks and appreciation. And, you know, we've seen it today very, let's say, uh, uh, visually in terms of the boards we're, we're now going to be able to get. I'm, ex- yeah. I'm genuinely excited. I had no idea that could happen yeah. so fast. No, that's super so, cool. Yeah. Super cool. So, anyway, all right. So tomorrow's uh, uh, encore. Yeah, and I don't know what do we got coming up next week. You're going to be otherwise occupied for the weekend. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to do some interviews for Sunday show while I'm there. Uh, I know it's going to be a busy filming schedule, if you will, but. Well, we'll see what happens for Sunday. Uh, if not, I know you have access to good stuff too. And um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, live in studio next week. Thursday would be travel day, if you can mark that on the calendar. Uh, Friday, I should be able to go live at the Reawaken America tour, thanks to Clay Clark, because we'll have a setup there. <laughs> We're going to have to reschedule Michael Uphuse again. Oh, really? <laughs> he was scheduled for the day I'm traveling. 
Yeah, but you didn't. But then again, I didn't know I was going to do it for yeah. real until it happened. You know, yesterday we confirmed everything. Uh, so it's always, always timing in this case. And then we'll we'll slow down on some travel trips for a little while anyway. I mentioned for any of uh, my friends in Southern California, uh, we're going to take a trip down. My wife, my daughter, uh, and my son's going to hang out here and, and care for everything. But uh, down to the L.A., San Diego basin, mostly time down in San Diego, but a little bit in the L.A. Uh, basin. So I intend to see Bolden, of course, if he's willing, if he doesn't run and hide. And then uh, other friends down in San Diego County, you know, I, I would love to and now be able to broadcast live overlooking the Pacific Ocean. That would be fun. Um, so I'm just looking. That's in December, like the, between the 16th, 22nd. So uh, but we'll, we've got time to plan for that. But there should be a little bit of downtime around, you know, Thanksgiving, latter part of November to do some other things in the meantime. So uh, what else? Other announcements, notes, things, thank yous we didn't give out already. Remember the uh, the discounts of the 15% off of, of the sale items for Nutritional Frontiers, including their UT cleanse, UTI cleanse, basically, UT cleanse, 15% off their offering, and you get to use the RSB 15 code to get an additional 15% off at nutritionalfrontiers.com. And, of course, their uh, CBD that's certified organic U.S. grown at cbdnf.com. That's all I got, man. That's it? That's it. Yep. Hi, Mom. Mom's watching on Facebook. So, thanks. And let me see any other comments or questions before we wrap it up. See you later. Taking a look. No, I think we're up to date on things now. So soon you might be able to call in live on the show. That'll be crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool the way I think. I think with um, there's there's two different ways. If you've got an iPhone, it has some kind of special thing with iOS. If you don't, then it operates, I think, through uh, Bluetooth or you might be able to plug it in with a cord. But it, you, you basically you can just it'll interface with your cell phone with a cell phone. Oh, wow. You just plug it into the board and people will call in and it, it goes you know back and forth. Will it, will it interface like with Skype even? Like you have a Skype I believe number? so, yeah. I think you can do it with Skype. You can do it with Zoom. We could, do it. we could set up a, a Skype account easy enough yeah. to interface. Okay. Yep. That is really cool. It yeah. is. Well, thanks, so y'all, for be being fun. here. All right. Well, um, thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, so Encore tomorrow. And probably pro maybe something new on Sunday. We don't. Yeah, know I'm going to I'm going to bring obviously my recording equipment with me. The old fashioned one. I won't have the new board by then. But uh, yeah. so the it might be that I can get some recording done over okay. the weekend for Sunday show. Otherwise, then um, back live on Monday. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Toodles. <laughs>